0: We're excited to be here with Jeff Davidson today in talking about dealing with a world of rapid change. What a great topic. What do you have to say?
1: Even before the worldwide virus outbreak, there were challenges that the typical entrepreneur, career professional, executive, anyone with ambition faced on a regular basis. And those issues are still at play on top of everything else you might be dealing with. So what do people face on a regular basis who are trying to run their own business, who are trying to latch on to a major company, who perhaps run a major company? Unrelenting competition from all potential quarters. Let me give you an example from way back when that everybody can relate to and then we'll bring it to the present. When I lived in Falls Church, Virginia years back, there was an office, stationery, and supply store. It was very popular. It was well-known within the community. People traveled miles to get to it. And they had a variety of goods and services, printing and so forth, that were more than worthwhile at the time what they did not know and what they did not research was the fact that a staples office supply store was moving in less than a half mile away and that the staples store had a square footage that was more than 10 times this office supply retailer and like that their business dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped and less than a year, they were out of business. I thought to myself, how could the owner of this highly successful store not see this coming? The internet was available. Other tools were available. They did not see it coming. And if they saw it coming, What could they have done? Well, it turns out there was a lot they could have done. If they saw it coming, obviously the potential to expand their line, to merge with others, to get bigger, to provide specialized services of a long-term nature, maybe even signing contracts with business, we'll do all your printing, we'll do all your stationery, we'll do all your business cards, what have you. They had options for staying alive. They had options for creating a niche, even in the face of a gigantic office superstore coming. But they did none of that. And so they perished. Now let's spring forward to today. Today, no matter what you provide, product, service, if you're an individual, if you're a business, You have some economic value in the world. If you help people with their careers, if you write resumes for them, if you counsel them, if you teach them yoga, or if you're a larger corporation and you provide goods and services, you have a physical storefront they can come into, spend their money, get value, leave, be happy for what they've purchased, whatever it is in this world, you have any kind of ambition, you have some economic value. Are you constantly on the lookout, not just for direct competitors who may move into your geographic radius or move into your field, they don't have to necessarily be um, next door to you, they could be from California, but are you constantly on the lookout for both that kind of competition and, and this is crucial, the substitutability of goods or services that your target market might fall prey to. In other words, you may have a solution for doing something. All of a sudden, there's a completely new way to take care of the same issue, but it is not with the goods or services that you offer. It's something from outside of the immediate arena but that does the job. And so today what we want to be on the lookout for is how are the people in our target market, the people we sell to, accomplishing the same thing that they've accomplished in the past but now they're using other means. And it's not as hard as it seems. If you subscribe to the publications of the people you serve, if you get onto their zines, their blogs, their podcasts, you can be on the same wavelength as they are. And you will learn about the breakthroughs and the substitutability of goods and services at the same time that they do. So it's not a mystery. But my question is this, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're an executive of a major corporation, mid-level corporation, a small business. How often do you tap into the publications, the experts, the forecasters, the leading-edge thinkers who your target market listens to? See, we're all very good at subscribing to our own industry journals, visiting our own industry zines, listening to our own industry podcasts. But we've got to put that aside and say, okay, that's fine to stay current with what my industry is doing. But what industries are now making headway in serving our target market? So we've got to know that. In a world of rapid change, there will be new ways for our target market to continue to get things done, but not
0: necessarily using the system that we have in place. This is a difficult thing because you're often in small business, even big business, working in your business. So how do you pivot? How do you stay uh, in front, so that you can anticipate that staples coming in. You're talking about it right now. What else can we do? Well, you
1: build it in. You build it into the framework of what you do on a regular basis. You incorporate change as something that you monitor and stay on top of to the degree that it's reasonable to do so, as part of your weekly activities. If you don't necessarily do it yourself, you assign some staff person to be that pivot point to bring you the report, to bring you the news, to say, hey, you have to hear this podcast. So you build it in. Now, why don't people build it in? Well, in some cases, they don't have the wherewithal. They don't even know that they should be doing it or don't understand the value. In some cases, they're thinking, oh, it's not going to happen here. I know my customers. We've got a great relationship. It's going to be fine. In some cases, they want to just cut corners. They know it's important, but hey, look, we'll get by. It'll be fine. It'll, you know, If these new ways of taking care of our target market start to encroach, we'll figure out something. All right. And then there's the ones that just say, hey, I only have three more years before I sell the business or I only have two more years before I retire or I only have something else on the horizon. If I just make it to there, I'll be okay. So why get into this whole shamoli? The long and short is this. The successful businesses, the successful entrepreneurs, the successful career professionals from now till kingdom come are the ones that are going to build in to their repertoire, keeping their eye out for what else is on the horizon. That's why you got to go to seminars or attend webinars that are slightly outside of your interest area, but you recognize, hey, this is bumping up a little on things that um, have been of concern to me. That's why In normal times, you wanna go to trade shows, you wanna go to expos and exhibits and so on. You wanna expose yourself to what else is out there. Now, let's just take the trade show as an example. In Las Vegas, in New York, in Dallas, in some of the other major metro areas that have the huge convention halls, the huge exhibit halls, We're talking hundreds of thousands of square feet. When people are meeting, you go out to these shows. Guess what? The latest and greatest is on display. People are not holding back. They're not showing you five years ago. They're showing you today and five years from now. And so you walk the halls You collect the brochures maybe it's overwhelming but you come back you study it you read up or you assign it to that bright staff person you have the long and short is by attending the big shows or even doing it virtually online you will pick up on things that were outside of your radar that may impact your business but on top of that you may see opportunities that you can readily embrace. And there's no need to be afraid. And maybe you weren't doing this, but you could bring it on. You could adapt to it. And so what I'm saying is, in a world of rapid change, where change is really the only constant, if you want to get philosophical, you don't fear it. You embrace it recognizing that there's a lot of other people in your industry who do what you do who do fear it and don't embrace it but the leaders the innovators
0: they do so you you take your pick which camp do you want to be in it's just as important as that because and so i think the interesting part of the interesting piece that you're talking about is that we need to be up on our industry and in our journals and in our business, but we need to be pushing beyond that because the future, that, that next step, you have to be at the leading edge conferences electronically or in person. You have to be there, but you better be looking forward because the, you're saying rapid change is not going to give you a time break. It's coming hard. It's coming fast and you better pivot All the time. and be able to pivot fast.
1: But we have to recognize that it's not the big, bad, scary monster psychologically that looms in our head. We we can make this part of our regular routine. And we don't have to go to every conference and we don't have to listen to every podcast. We can leapfrog a little. You can let a month go by and then pick it up again. You don't have to be on it every day. And the truly outstanding breakthroughs, the industry shattering breakthroughs, they don't come so fast and so furious that we have to spend every waking moment. We build it in. It's just like, here's an analogy, like you build in exercise into your week one way or another. You know, if you talk to an entrepreneur or an executive and really broke down what they do in the course of a given week, you could make a really strong case and they could make a really strong case. Hey, I don't have even a minute for exercise. I don't have a minute to spare. Every every waking moment I have is either you know on my business or on my career, on my family, whatever. But you still have to build exercise into your routine. So you park a little further away than you could. So you get an extra 50 paces. You go up the stairs and take Instead of taking the elevator and so on. So, in the course of a week, you build in some exercise and it all works. It's the same thing with staying on top or staying at least suitably aware of this world of rapid change. You build it in. You don't make it all day Friday for eight hours or, you know, now I'm gonna spend the next week because I've been so deficient in this area. You build it in. When you subscribe to the publications of your targets, when you subscribe to the zines and the podcasts and so forth, when you have some of the leading industry thinkers uh, bookmarked, their, their websites bookmarked and so forth, then your world, as you're making your information rounds, as we all do on a daily basis these days, encompasses that naturally, easily, almost, I'm gonna say, automatically. It's not so big, it's not so bad, it's not so scary. It's when you hold it at bay that then it becomes, you know, the unknown. And we all know the fear of the unknown almost always looms larger than what the actual issue is.
0: There is so much coming at us these days. You said podcasts, zines, uh, t- television, media, how do we discern and bring in the right stuff.
1: Well, most most sources are just regurgitations of the leading sources. You have to recognize that. So if you're in a particular industry and you're subscribing to your own industry's publications, that's fine, but if there are 10 or 12 of them, you don't need to subscribe to all 10 or 12. The top three will do. And if you're subscribing to the publications and industry information sources, that impact your target market, because remember, that's even more important than subscribing to your own industry's info set, then again, you don't need to be on top of all 12 of the publications or all 12 of the top podcasts. The top three will usually do it. And it's pretty easy to figure out after a little while who's simply regurgitating what the forward thinkers have first said. If you go online, and let's say you're using your favorite search engine, and let's say for the moment you're a Googler, you use Google, okay? There's Bing, there's others, but let's say you use Google. You look for a story or feature or news on a particular product or service, and you get a couple hits, and you see that one hit was two hours ago, one was a day ago, one was five days ago, and one was 12 days ago. All on the same topic. Well, guess what? The one 12 days ago was the authority. The others are regurgitating. So it's the same with all the information to which you can be privy. After a while, you get to have an understanding of who's the source and who's just editorializing.
0: What else can we do to anticipate change react to it and respond whether we're a career professional own own a small business or even a you know you have a job that you feel is a little bit shaky
1: i'm going to use the overword the overworked word networking which has been misunderstood for years but when i use the word networking what i'm saying is this let's take my case and then we'll broaden it to everyone else okay so i'm an author and i'm a speaker who do i have in my network i have about a hundred 150 other authors i'm not in touch with all of them all the time but 10 or 12 of them quite a bit other speakers i have about 400 in my network and maybe 20 30 i'm in touch with you know at least once a month for something well in your professional networks collectively No one individual can do this, but collectively you won't miss a thing among authors. If there is some new regulation, some new law impacting authors, for example, California will collect tax from you for any earnings individually independent of the federal taxes,
0: That's then
1: other authors will <laughs> yeah. keep you in that loop. And so it is with speaking and so forth. So collectively, your networks, in terms of sharing what's going on, pretty much won't let you miss a thing.
0: How do we respond in a crisis right now because because we feel like I think people freeze a lot of times. We're not gonna we don't have a conference to book because they're not booked. But crises happen all the time. If Staples is coming in as you started with this, or a virus or anything else, how do you turn things around if this something's shaking you up to get on the right path?
1: Well, well, remember Staples and uh, crashing of an industry is a long-term predictable phenomenon we can't say exactly when and where but we know that that's going to happen eventually uh, if you look at the fortune 500 list from a hundred years ago or 50 years ago and look at it today the churn is incredible very few even major multinational corporations last more than you know six or seven decades okay so we know that that phenomenon is at play. Now there's also what's called a black swan event which comes out of nowhere. No one could have really called it. Um, You could get philosophical and say all of them could have been called if somebody had studied history and studied science and studied uh, the, the, the words of the leading thinkers of the day. But there are what I call black swan events. So when we get Um, besieged by the black swan event Um, obviously there's going to be a time in which a lot of people feel disheveled and out of sorts and uh, victimized and so forth and scrambling but when weeks pass and a month or two passes and so forth now we have to get back up and say okay here I am here's the situation what would an objective party in my shoes do next you strive for objectivity. You pretend that you're not even talking about yourself. You're talking about somebody else who you're looking down on, astrobody If you want, you're looking down on yourself, you're in your office, but you're looking down on yourself and saying, okay, what should this rational being be focusing on given the situation confronting him or her right now? And so Things that come up immediately would be your health, uh, safeguarding the assets that you do have, parlaying what you can into other things if it's possible for you to trade this for that, looking for the joint ventures, the mergers, the arm's length transactions, really any cooperative effort where there's a potential win-win. And maybe what you were doing prior to this dire situation is not exactly what you're going to be doing next. Maybe you'll have to abandon forever what you were doing prior, or maybe you'll have to put it on ice, bring it back, modify it, spin it, give it a new twist, launch it again. But you want to stay on your toes. You want to be open to possibilities. You want to do possibility thinking. You want to brainstorm. Brainstorm with your spouse, brainstorm with a friend, brainstorm with your board of directors, brainstorm with yourself, which sounds odd, but I do this every day in one form or another. You go sit on a couch in your living room instead of in your office, if you're a home-based entrepreneur like I am, or if you're in a traditional office, go to the back of the cafeteria or the rooftop terrace or whatever, have your pad and pen, or your pocket recorder or your cell phone recorder and just say whatever comes into your mind. Eight or ten things might fly out of your mouth into the recorder or onto the page representing ideas that you didn't have a minute before or a day
0: before which could represent a potential breakthrough. When you deal with a world of rapid change, we all know that people and you've hinted at this, take advantage of this time and could actually in the future really gain if they handle change correctly. There's a lot of people who will prosper during this time instead of suffer. How can we have that outlook as we look forward and beyond the crisis of the day to potentially prosper during change?
1: Well, uh, let's separate two different issues. There are people who can prosper during a crisis because they were uniquely positioned when the crisis hit. So the, the quintessential example is Amazon. Everybody's ordering all their stuff from Amazon right now, and Bezos is on his way to being the first trillionaire. Not fair uh, from the standpoint of income distribution, but, I mean, he was there in place, okay? That, that's one potential. That isn't really available for most people most of the time. The other one is to be so well-positioned that once you are able to break out this new product or service, the tide turns in terms of what the society is trying to overcome. That you're so well positioned that now people gravitate toward you because you have what they need. You have what's next. You have the service or whatever it happens to be that they recognize is going to be part of their routine hereafter. That takes some some really tough thinking. Um, my friend Mark Sanborn says that um, focus beats brilliance every time. <laughs> it's wonderful to be brilliant, but if you can truly focus, then you've got something. Now that that is very hard work. Most of us, it's been said over the years by different pro- prognosticators spend more time planning a party than we spend planning our careers. Can you put together, do you have the intellectual fortitude to sit in a room quietly and map out the 58 steps you need to launch whatever it is you're going to be offering once people turn the corner and recognize that this is is their next need? Most of us don't have that.
0: And you're saying from the beginning is build in a discipline of futuristic thinking, change mindset by getting around leaders, thinkers, absolutely discipline it in instead of take a Friday off and read every single book, this this kind of overreaction. Absolutely. You discipline
1: it in, to use your terms, the same way that you build fitness into your routine. There's no real excuse. For not staying fit if you can think about it oh there's a slight segment of the population that has some physiological um, ailment there's a slight segment of the population that can't for whatever reason stay close to their uh, you know weight when they were say a young adult most of us most of the time there is no no real excuse so you build it in you build in the same way you build in nutrition. Well, I can't eat three square meals a day. Well, I don't have time for vitamins. Well, I haven't eaten any greens lately, but I'm gonna get to it. You build it in.
0: What else do we need to know to wrap up? This has been very helpful.
1: As you go forward into the future, the, the, The greatest security that you can have for yourself is to stay mentally and physically fit. Doesn't sound like much, but if you stay mentally and physically fit as you approach the challenges that come your way, you'll be in much better position than if you don't.
0: Jeff Davidson, thank you for being here. Let's deal with a world of rapid change with the right mindset, the discipline to go forward, whether there's a crisis or not.